what's up? This is Dan. Welcome to episode 96 of Heroes of Noise. This is part two of the Noisies. That's right. We broke it up into two parts. Sorry it took a little longer to get out than anticipated. It's just been a super busy week. So as always, we really appreciate your guys' patience. I'm going to make this really short. We've got another show coming up probably tomorrow, episode 97 featuring Rebecca Daling. And I think you guys are going to like that one. We had a lot of fun. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to it. This is part two of the 2020 Second Annual Noisy Awards. Let's do it. And now, our feature presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to part two of the Second Annual Noisy Awards. After an extended intermission, we return to the action, and we assure you there's plenty left to cover. Let's get back to our host, the heroes of noise, Steve Hudson and Dan Ramirez. People, a great intermission. How about that intermission song there, Dan? It's funny that we played Making It and everyone's going to the bathroom, you know? Yeah. So thank you for the extra Holy five minutes cow. I needed. Thank you. And I'm sorry, if you're walking out, don't use the men's bathroom on the left. Use the one on the right, because... Left, not so good right now. Oh, I mean, hey, you gotta eat more Fiber. Fiber? <laughs> I think that was a uh, foreign exchange student that lived with us back in the day. Good old oh. Fiber. He was, he was in love with my mom. Your mom's pretty. <laughs> I know. Dan. Yes, sir. I think what you're saying is the bathroom on the left would be a horror show, right? Oh my God, especially that last bathroom on the left, yes. <laughs> well, speaking of which, Dan, what is our best horror movie of the year? Okay, all right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm gonna call them right out right now. That was good, Steve. I know where you were going because you've been doing it all night, but I wasn't really feeling that one. I feel like you could have executed it a little bit better. You know who does great executions? <laughs> our nominees for the best horror movie. Seriously, probably your best one yet. I'm going to give that one to you. Ladies and gentlemen, round of applause for that massive, <laughs> massive segue. That's why we got him. That's the reason. That's the one reason I appreciate That's it. the only reason. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that kid's got great Sieg. I'm going to have to hire him <laughs> And I picked him out of a crowd of thousands, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Right on. That's it. Another one for him. Someone really likes you in the back. Is that Feebed? That's Feebed. <laughs> Okay, ladies and gentlemen, best horror movie. We have some honorable mentions. Uh, who wants to go first, Steve? Shall we Rochambeau for it? I'm feeling loose tonight. You go for it. Well, then I will do so, because I think one of these is going to get you a little angry, but I'll start. So, ladies and gentlemen, the first honorable mention I have for best horror movie of the year goes to a remake of all things. I thought it was fantastic. I almost want to put it up a little bit higher, but I'm going to go ahead and just keep it right where it is. What I'm talking about is Stephen King's remake of Pet Cemetery. I gotta be honest with you, maybe it's just because it's updated, but to me, this is just a better movie. Yes. Like, I even watched it again. Thanks, Sean Vernon, by the way. My man Sean Vernon Sean sent me- Sean Veezy. Sean Veezy sent me a copy. Dude, I never told you about that. I had the old school on DVD, Pet Cemetery. So I like, yeah, I, I threw it in, and it's great. I yeah, mean, of What's course. her name? I think it's Amanda Plum who plays the sister. Oh my gosh, dude. That scene is still worse. Yeah, she wins. 
But that's about the only thing that really is better. Totally. You know? Totally. So, yeah. So, I love that movie. I thought it was good. If you guys haven't checked it out, maybe you're, you know, you shy away from remakes. I agree. Maybe you shy away from Stephen King horror movies. I really agree. <laughs> but this one, very good. And I think you guys should check it out. Pet Cemetery, ladies and gentlemen. So good. All right, Steve. Controversy time. I had a very short conversation with someone just the other day about this, that maybe this isn't exactly a horror movie. I think I already know what you think of this movie, but do you think it qualifies as a horror movie? The one I'm talking about is Ari Aster's Midsummer. I would say it's a horror, it's a horror movie, just like um, freaking uh, Green Inferno is a horror movie. Those are both horror movies in a different sense of horror. So yeah, it's a horror movie. That's the thing. Even if you didn't like the movie where you felt, because I know you didn't like it, but if you put yourself into a situation like that, I think we've both established that that is scary as hell. Yes, that would be, that would, the thing is, it's a horror movie. People can't call it a thriller because there is some fairly gruesome imagery. So I, I would say that it's a horror movie. Like the dude with the lips and the eye and the yes. blonde hair. Yes. Scary. Yes. Don't tell me that's not horrific. If you're walking down a dark alley and you see AJ coming towards you, you are going to go to one side or the other, right? You're not just going to walk at him. Totally. And that, my friend, is why it is my honorable mention of the year. Perfect. I've got a couple more. Is that okay? Yeah. You got time, right? Yeah. We don't have to rush things, right? You guys are all good. Wonderful. Your bladders are all empty. Doo-doo's made. Fantastic. All right, let me, let me continue here. So the next one, here's the thing. I started reading the book and... I'm terrible at reading books, Steve, so I never actually finished the book. And uh, so I, I just went straight to the movie. So to be fair, I can't do a full-on comparison, you know, book-to-movie comparison. I'm sure there's some changes there. I never really got the feelers out there on what people really thought about this movie. But the movie that I'm talking about came out a little bit on the, uh, you know, the, the ass end of last year. And it is called Dr. Sleep. It is the sequel to Stephen King's The Shining. I have not seen Dr. Sleep yet. I really liked it. I had another conversation with someone just recently who said that she didn't really feel that it really stuck the landing. Yeah. But for me, I really enjoyed the movie. There is a scene, which I won't get into since you haven't seen it, and I'm sure a lot of you other people out there haven't seen it, but it has to do with Jacob Tremblay, you know, the kid from uh, the movie Room? Oh, yeah. Cute kid. Uh, not such a cute scene. Like, there's some, <laughs> there's some horrific stuff going on that I'm, I'm not going to get into. Don't get me wrong, folks, it's completely watchable. It's not graphic to where it's going to blow your mind and you're scarred to go to movies ever again. But it was one of those things where I felt like the scene went on a little bit too long, but intentionally, so it added a little bit of like, a, just, oh, God, stop. It's making this movie even more creepy. You know what I mean? See, I'm very interested because in, I've heard mixed things, but the, the most I got was it, was it was good to it was really good. I have heard no one say it was a bad movie, so I really want to see it. I will tell you that I think it was a very well-made movie. So, and it, you know, just from cinematography, plus, you know, it's got the nostalgia in it. So for me, just to sit down and watch it blindly, even though I did start reading the book, it was fine. But I am curious what people think about this movie. If you've read the book, you know what? I mean, just take a quick little pause real quick. I'm not going to do the full thing. The band is tired. Somebody cut their fingers on one of the strings. So we're just going to chill for just a second. You all right, by the way, buddy? Yeah, he's doing fine. He's doing fine. <laughs> Let me just tell you guys, if you want to give us comments about what we're talking about tonight, if you have any qualms with shit Steve says, it's always Steve. You know that, right? <laughs> Hit us up, ladies and gentlemen, at heroesofnoisepodcast at gmail.com. That's where the magic happens, and that's how we get a little dialogue going. All right? So, last one, Steve. Now, this one here, I, I timed it this way uh, for a reason. So, <laughs> my last honorable mention is a movie that I, I really feel like, I, I don't know. Like, I want to throw the, I have my reasons for keeping it where it is, okay? So, it is my, my top runner-up. 
But uh, we've already talked about this movie. It's got some horrific scenes in it. It is very well directed. It is something like we haven't seen before. But I'm giving my last honorable mention to Us. Interesting. Okay. I find that very intriguing then. I want to hear your honorable mentions and then we'll just give them the whole enchilada. Fair enough? Yes. Speaking of enchiladas, how you doing over there, Fibad? <laughs> All right, buddy. He's got himself good. We don't sell them here. I don't know why we have those there. Looks yummy, though, buddy. All right. What do you got, Steve? Um, so my honorable mentions are as follows. Now, I've, so I've seen a lot of uh, wonderful uh, movies this year, especially, you know, I'm a horror fanatic. So, But my honorable mentions for best horror movie is, number one, we already said Pet Cemetery, automatically great. The second one is Little Monsters. You did, did you get a chance to check that out? I started it, and it was just, again, one of those things where maybe I got a phone call or I, had, I don't know exactly what, but no, to answer your question. I've only seen, like, probably the first 10 minutes of that movie. I've heard mixed reviews about this one. I've heard, much like you said, I've heard it being, you know, terrible to being really creative and, and very entertaining. So I have no gauge on this one whatsoever. Here's the thing. I was in the exact mood for this movie at the time I watched it. That makes sense. I don't know if I'll ever re-watch it. It was just like, what a surprise. It was fun. I thought it like nailed everything that I was trying to do. Uh, Lupita was just wonderful. I liked Josh Gad. I thought he was hilarious. So yeah, it was right up my alley. Little Monsters, great zombie movie. If you like zombie movies, check it out. My second honorable mention is Ready or Not. Okay wonderful movie it was it was the second to my uh favorite of the year my second no question uh in my third um honorable mention is one cut of the dead anyone who, who has shutter probably has already seen this movie it's really fun it takes an interesting twist halfway through you know me and zombie flicks go hond and hond um, but yeah, those are my honorable mentions. I, there weren't, there weren't very many horror movies that just knocked my socks off and these were the ones that did, but Dan, who did you pick for number one? Hey, speaking of that one cut of the dead, I'm a little embarrassed to say I have not seen that one yet. Everyone's talking about this movie and I have not seen it. So I'm going to have to put that one on the list as one of the first movies I watched in 2020. What, but you know what? You do know there's subtitles. In <laughs> you don't like subtitles too much, man. Yeah, that whole Parasite movie sucked, man, because of all the squiggly lines at the bottom of the screen. <laughs> it's a bunch of jibber-jabber, and I see a bunch of little squiggly lines. I don't know what the fuck they're talking about, right? Yeah, you were, it was difficult for you to see. I was like, Dan, come on. Darren, why are you counting on your toes? This is a math. <laughs> you know what? Since you're there, I'm going to go ahead and just say mine, if that's all right. I'm over here asking permission. Like, it's not our show, ladies and gentlemen, but understand it just comes from courtesy. That's how I was raised. You know what I mean? Thanks, Mom. Mom's in the back. Ladies and gentlemen... <laughs> Straight out of Tulare, California. Please, let's give it up to the lovely Suzanne Ramirez. She birthed me, ladies and gentlemen. Love you. All right, she looks beautiful tonight. Look, she got a matching boot, too. I don't even know. Mom's toe's not even broken. She got a matching boot. I love you, Mom. Oh, look at her. Taste is weird in style, but I love you. (laughs) All right, all right, sit down. Sit down. Stop waving. You're embarrassing. All right. Dude, how come your mom didn't come tonight? Uh, she was actually at more important things to do. You know, um, there was a great marathon of the Twilight Zone. I was like, well, you mm. can't beat that. What are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. What are you going to do? Well, that's a good excuse. Any other family members here? Anybody want to go? Uh, 
go ahead and address Favon, of course. Favon's always here. Favon's giving up for the on? lovely Favon. What's going on? Look at you. Vision in purple, my dear. All right, I'm sorry. Let me get back to it. I'm, so, I'm unfocused. It's weird. You have a good pee and a poo, and suddenly you're just your brain's everywhere. So let me just go ahead and try to get back to the show. I'm going to get show-centric for just a moment here, ladies and gentlemen. tell you my favorite. The movie that wowed the shit out of me this year when it comes to horror movies isn't necessarily even the scariest movie I've ever seen. I mean, it's really not at all. In fact, it's quite funny. This movie, I think I liked it because, as I've said with a lot of movies over 2019, the way that I judge a good movie is how much it sticks with me. You know, the rewatchability is a big part of it for me. If I buy a movie and I don't rewatch it, then I've just wasted money. And believe me, this happens all the time. Not the case with, with what I'm about to say. So Ready or Not is my pick, ladies and gentlemen, for best horror movie of the year. It stars, go ahead. Well worth it, yes. Mm -hmm. All right, all right, now shut up, I gotta talk. Samara Weaving does such a fantastic job in this movie, Steve. You know, I only really knew her from The Babysitter. Which... Oh, she was killed it in that. Yeah, she killed it. Yes, also a fantastic Netflix movie. You guys need to check that one out. I'm telling you, she's got another one coming out with Daniel Radcliffe this year. Guns of Akimbo, I think, or something like that. Have you heard of the previous? The... Two Guns Akimbo. I don't know if she's playing like an assassin or I don't know exactly what's going on. I just caught the, a really quick trailer, but it looks like they're starting to figure out a, a very good niche for her. You know what I mean? Like she's, she's taking these unusual roles that are sort of violent and I'm sure have some humor in it. So I, I think that this movie 100% ran off of the fuel of Samara Weaving. I mean, it was a great cast, it was a great story, super cool twist at the end and all of that, but I think that she's the one that made it for me. And she's the face, every time I think of this movie, you know, that's the face I see. Ready or not is my pick. Steve, what do you have? First of all, my bad, it's Guns Akimbo, not two Guns Akimbo. Secondly, my number one pick, everyone in the audience already knows what it's gonna be because I ranted and raved over this crazy looking movie and we even did a separate podcast on the ending of this movie ladies and gentlemen my pick is jordan pills us yeah yes dude it was amazing i've said it all you already know Everyone in the film killed it. It made Santa Cruz spooky, which I never thought could possibly happen. Um, I just think Jordan Peele has an eye for horror, the likes of which we have not seen for quite some time. I can't wait to see what he does next time. So, ladies and gentlemen, my pick for horror movie of the year is Jordan Peele's Us. And clearly, you've never walked around Santa Cruz at nighttime. Because <laughs> that shit is spooky. Real, uh, you know, oddly enough, <laughs> I have. But that's for another story. Yeah, yeah, it already sounds boring, right? Yeah, <laughs> right? You could just tell we should just squash this one, right? Let's just cut, let's nip it in the bud right now. <laughs> just keep your personal stories to yourself. What are you talking about, man? My personal, my personal stories are rocking, dude. You don't think my personal story rocks? Ladies and gentlemen, what do you think? Okay, I think the audience has spoken for himself, Steve. No offense. We love you. You've got a fantastic laugh and a beautiful voice. And you're handsome, too. But I don't rock. You do not rock, no. I don't you even know, think you roll. You know what does rock? <laughs> I'm dying to know. Thriller. I'm going to let you go with it. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of thriller, Dan, what was your favorite thriller of the year? Oh, I see what you did right there. You went with like the, the album Thriller. You like rocks, that? 
and speaking of through again, mm-hmm. I, I think your execution was a little off, but I yeah. love where you're going and I think your intentions are fantastic. So I'm gonna take it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Show of hands, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, we're good. Everyone's they love it. I think they Perfect. just want to, I, think, I think they just want us to move on, actually. So we'll oh, go ahead and move all now, folks, this one's going to be an easy one. We have no honorable mentions or anything like that. This is one that we just, we said, okay, favorite thriller of the year. You ready, Steve? And we go, I go, one, two, three, go. And we said it at the same time. It was really cute. We are adorable. You know, just in our private time, you really should just come and hang with us sometime because you're going to go, those two are salt of the earth. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Steve, uh, I have the envelope, and I love ripping stuff. Do you mind? Yes, please, please. We only rip envelopes, ladies and gentlemen, when it's a tie. And the best thriller of the year Goes to Ryan Johnson's Knives Out. Boom! You know what's funny? Last night at work, I had someone bring out that they just watched it yesterday. Oh, wow. And how incredible the movie was. And I was like, all over again... I saw the excitement that I forgot about when I first watched it. Just seeing their face like, how do they do it? How in the world? People, this was a work of genius. I'm going to have no argument for you on this one here. I am so impressed with this movie, Steve. And here's the interesting part about it, too, at least to me, is that you have these movies, much like a uh, Hitchcock movie or, or a, you know, what was that, Angela Lansbury, Murder, She Wrote, that kind of stuff. And they take these certain dynamics to these movies that are quite tropey, and then it, they get reworked. And if they're not reworked, they're put in so stylistically that it just, it just makes... The, like, there's, this movie's flawless to me. It is really a flawless movie. Now, you know, spoilers, it wasn't my favorite movie of the year. But I will say that it was in the top. Like, there was some, some consideration with this. Uh, but fantastic. Ryan Johnson makes fantastic movies. Uh, whether or not you are a fan of The Last Jedi, uh, there's no denying that movie is stylish. Of course, we have Brick. Of course, we have Looper. Ryan Johnson's just fantastic, but not only is Ryan Johnson fantastic, this cast was absolutely phenomenal. Everyone from Tony Collette, Don Johnson, Jamie Lee Curtis, Ana de Armas, Michael Shannon, oddly one of my favorites in this movie, just because he's a different Michael Shannon than I've ever seen before. And of course, the ugly, the hideous, least popular person of 2019, Chris Evans. Dude, dude. Isn't he just an ugly human being? Oh my gosh, dude. I look at him, I want to puke, Steve. So good. Yeah, I'm kidding. He's handsome, ladies and gentlemen. Come on, you know I was kidding around. Look at him. He's right there. Chris, thank you at least for showing up for the camera shot. But Chris is, I could, we just couldn't afford him, to be quite honest with you. And that's not to say that all of you people that have come up on stage tonight that we think you are inferior is just, you don't look like this. You know what I mean, Chris, right? What? Yeah, you're, you're, you're digging further down. What I do? I think everyone's handsome. Everyone here is equally handsome, okay? Okay. Ma'am, do you feel handsome or beautiful? Yeah, you. No, not you. <laughs> you. What is going on? Are you okay? That's what a good shit will do to you, Steve. I'm sorry. I'm wow. so happy right now. Yeah, but let's let her finish up. A little louder. Oh, we can't pick her up on the mic. So you're saying that beautiful would be the optimum term for you. Okay. Show of hands. Anyone else? Wim- ladies? Sounds to me like they would prefer beautiful, Steve. I've seen rather handsome women. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> right. that's for another show. That is for a whole different show. Yeah, we're getting into whiteboard territory, and this is the noises. I'm sorry about that. Knives Out, though. This is a movie that deserves all the accolades. Yes. 
beautifully played. When you think you know what's going on, you find out you really don't know what's going on. And when you do find out, you're just like, ah, that was a, that was so goddamn clever. A you know? great twist. And I will have to say one thing before we move along. Uh, two things, actually. The first thing is that Ryan Johnson recently just put out an audio commentary. You can go to the Knives Out website, download this for your phone, and then you can actually go to the theater and write when Lionsgate comes up. Like, it's the whole image is there. You just hit play, and suddenly you've got commentary before the DVD comes out. Ryan Johnson's done this several times before. I did this myself. It is totally worth it. It is a very immersive experience, and it completely takes you out of the movie that you're watching. Uh, you have no audience participation because it's simply your experience. And I highly suggest you guys check that out. If, if you have not done that yet, do it. It's a great time. I would not waste your time with it. So, yes, that's available. Again, knivesout.com. That is freaking awesome. Yeah, I, um, I again, I think this, is, this one I knew we were going to agree on. There was no freaking question. The next wonderful award we're going to oh, give out. Steve, I didn't mean to interrupt you right there, but you, you do like a good love song, don't you? I do. You remember Vanessa Williams, the lovely Vanessa yeah, Williams, former remember. Miss America? I mean, yeah. she, was a, she was a vision, right? Pretty, mm -hmm. Some of the prettiest eyes I've ever seen. And that's just the beginning. She had a song called Save the Best for Last. Remember that song? I do you, remember that song. I mean, I could sing it to you right now, but I won't because it would get uncomfortable. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I have saved the best for last. Regarding oh. this particular category, okay? I don't want to insult anyone that hasn't come up on stage yet, but right now, regarding what we've been talking about, I have saved the best for last. Steve, I have a surprise for you. Oh, please. He's not in the audience right now. In fact, I've done this special velvet curtain right here that I'm going to pull right now just to give it a little bit more oomph when I do the introduction. Ladies and gentlemen, you may think right now, if you closed your eyes, that Colonel Sanders is here. It's not Colonel Sanders. It is not Foghorn Leghorn. I have pulled some strings. Not only do I have one of the big stars from this movie, I don't have him in actor form, Steve. Like, he won't come out of the character. It's fantastic. Who am I talking about? Most of you know if you've seen this movie. I'm going to pull this velvet rope right now and let you know, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Benoit Blanc, let's bring him out. <laughs> welcome, sir. Not gonna shake my hand. Totally left me hanging right there, Steve. That's okay. All right. Let's just back up and let him see. let's see what he does. Well, mercy, mercy me. Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. For those of you who are not familiar with the man who's standing on this stage and speaking into this microphone, allow me to introduce myself. My name is Benoit Blanc. The year 2019 was, if you will, an awakening of my thespian nature. It was the first time I cast my services onto a screen and allowed Mr. Ryan Johnson to film what I do when I'm doing it. I want to thank those good people for allowing me into their lives and for partaking in my natural talent. Earlier today, I was reflecting on how funny life can be while being escorted in my chauffeur-driven vehicle. Now that's a new thing for me, that's not something that I'm used to. I drive a 72 Dodge Dart. Unusual, you might think, for a man of my, how do they say, caliber. But it is a fact nonetheless, and I could not help but reflect on where this journey's taken me. Film, television, and of course standing on this stage for whatever broadcast, podcast. It's all smoke signals if you ask me, but nonetheless here I am. And I would not be here 
if not for you good people who spent your hard-earned money to come out and see a genius like me. Before I leave this stage, I want y'all to know that this is not the last you've seen of Benoit Blanc. I shall be gracing the screen sooner than you think. Information is limited, but let me tell you that I do not speak unless a fact is coming out of my mouth. Therefore, this is not a goodbye, but more importantly, an until next time. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy your libations. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Drive safe and tip your waiter. Good night. That was fantastic. Benoit Blanc, ladies and gentlemen. It's really Daniel Craig. Okay. Daniel Day Craig. What are you talking about, Steve? <laughs> Daniel Day Craig. That's absurd. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, there is a blooper reel coming, I promise you. Woo! And boy, what a great segue <laughs> it would be to the next. <laughs> We couldn't have timed that one any better. <laughs> You're going to have to listen to our blooper show to understand what I'm talking about. But, yeah, really Gee, couldn't have timed this one any you better. Could have, you could have killed it. I'm just letting you know. You just kind of just like, we're like, whatever. That's good, though, man. I mean, you are killing on the segues tonight. And I compl- if you guys listen to the blooper reel, you'll understand why. Steve, you have to take this one over now because you've earned it. See, here's the thing. See, th- this next one, I wasn't even ready for. This next category. Because... Uh, there's a lot of things that we watch during the course of the year. There's things that have many, many, many seasons on them. And a lot of times when you invest a lot of time, a lot of money sometimes in a franchise or in a show, you expect it to stick the landing. Some shows, however, don't do what you expect them to do. But then there's other shows that say, you know what, we're going to do exactly what you expect them to do. Both of those things are perfectly fine. But in this next category, a show says, you know what could be the worst possible choice? (laughs) In the world that no one asked for. Let's end it like that. Dan, you are the one with the choke of the year. What, either movie, show, episode, whatever, what got the choke of the year for you this year, Dan? I can't wait for you to say what you're about to say. So is yours different than mine? There is no, uh, when you, when I saw this, I'm like, I'm not even going to put my choice. Yeah, I me mean, confused for a second there. I no. thought maybe you had something else and we, you're going off script again, no, which is fine. No, Okay. I will take this one over because you guys oh. don't, you're not going to hear it here, but yes, I probably had the biggest choke of 2020 and it's only January. So <laughs> let me go ahead and take this over. All right. I'm not going to say too much more than what Steve has said, but I will say there is a certain show out there, a certain series that pretty much won the hearts of all of their fans, had them anticipating with bated breath what was going to happen this season, the very last season. The problem is when you're going off of a already written novel or novels, I should say, series of novels, you have something that you can follow. And the two creators of this show were like, yeah, this is going really well. And then suddenly they ran out of material because there was nothing to reference from. So they were left basically to clean the house up before mom and dad got home from vacation. And they didn't do so well. They left out a keg. In the, in the backyard, and they're, all, they're both grounded now. And what I'm talking about is D.B. Wise and David Benioff, creators of Game of Thrones. I don't even need, I'm not even going to waste an envelope on this one. Steve's like, are you crazy? And I said, you know what, you're absolutely right. Oh, this show. I would have to say that when we all look back on the last few years, uh, I'm not going to get political, folks, but let's just say there's several things with these last few years that are an absolute embarrassment. One of those things, without a doubt, goes to season eight of Game of Thrones.
And you know what? You're lucky, Dan, because you just did the binge thing. I watched yes. it as it happened. So I yeah. invested all these years in it. That's the thing. I don't feel like I wasted as much time as a lot of you guys have. <laughs> you did the sweat equity. I just did a big binge, you know? And, and I'm kind of glad I did it that way because I was not nearly as disappointed as some of you. But even I, a blind man could see what they did wrong with this series. It's a goddamn shame. Some pretty cool moments. I just think the whole season was a choke. Even though I liked the movie, I'm going to have to liken this one with what a lot of people are saying, a lot of fans are saying about the recent Star Wars. I can see where they're saying it's a choke. You, you have something that's built up, huge finale that's coming, and you want to see the explosion at the end. You know, you want to really see it pop off and stick the landing. And for whatever reason, it just doesn't. You know what this is, Steve? You know what I'm going to compare it to? Please, what? This is, you know, the, the, uh, the larger size Gatorade bottles? Yes. This is the equivalent of one of those filled up with pee and left out in the sun. <laughs> Closed. And then someone comes by and goes, oh, look, and has the, uh, has the balls to open it up and take a whip. That is how bad this show started. It was the, the last, okay, because remember, we kept on giving it like, okay, maybe in the last two episodes, okay, maybe in the last episode, okay. And it just, it, the way it ended, we were like, oh, you guys had no plan. Yeah. At yeah. all, dude. Mm -mm. Nope. It was so bad, people. So yeah, this is a very deserving reward to them. And look, would I tell someone to watch Game of Thrones? I don't know, man. <laughs> I would. No, no. I mean, come on. There's a lot of greatness there, though. If we're being, we have to be fair about it. You can be disappointed in something, but you can't discredit all of the wonderful scenes that we've seen over the years. You, particularly, and the fans that have watched this show from day one. Again, I binged it all. You know, what I mean, in the course of a couple of months. But dude, come on. Seven seasons. Let's say six solid seasons. But why watch something when there is no good ending? Like, it doesn't end. Like, you, the goal for a show is to stick the landing. And if you don't have a good ending, that means that everything you're watching has no conclusion. You're just watching people to watch people. I don't know if I'm cool with that. No, and that's fine. Honestly, again, it really, I think it's really going to de depend on your degree of fandom prior to season eight. And yes. then, you know, you feel that betrayal. <laughs> so like, I get yeah. it, man. I get it. Yeah. You know what? I don't think that we should spend too much time talking about this one, being that they didn't spend too much time thinking about the sequel. Right? <laughs> you see what I did there? I love what you just did there. Bang, zoom, motherfucker. So we're going to move along. Kaboom, kablash. You know what I'm saying? Ping, bang, pow. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's not a monopoly. Uh -huh. Very well done. Very That's well right. Done. Google that shit, baby. Mm-hmm. Comic people already know what's up. Let's move along, Steve, because right. I'm feeling kind of funny right now. And since I'm feeling funny... Oh! <laughs> if I may dip my toe in the water, oh. sir. I give myself a B plus. But anyway, if I'm feeling funny enough, I'm going to talk about the best comedy, ladies and gentlemen. Yes! Did I do okay? Did I do that all right? You did wonderfully. Wonderfully. I am so proud of you. Oh, shit, I'm on mic. Hey, sorry about that. I get insecure sometimes. All right, honorable mentions. Let's get started. Steve, go for it, sir. All right. My honorable mention is, number one, Dolomite is my name. And the reason, it did make me laugh, but the, the thing is, it was just like, I liked it for another category more. That's all. I liked it for another category more. It was very funny, heartfelt, loved it. My second one, though, almost won. And my second honorable mention is plus one. It 
got so close because I, you know, once you start thinking about that movie, I was like, oh, that was so good. It was so good. However, uh, it didn't make my number one. But yes, it was a definite honorable, honorable mention. If you haven't seen that movie yet, people, go check it out. Dan, what are uh, your Steve, honorable Steve, mentions? Steve, can I cut you off yeah, for just please. a quick second? I'm sorry. Uh, speaking of plus one, I'm about, I'm about to talk about that one, but since uh, this is happening literally right now, uh, ma'am, have you seen the movie Plus One? Yes, you in the front in the pink dress. You have. Okay, then maybe you'll remember this line. Cooter's out. <laughs> Go ahead and cross it out. You're All right. We got a show, though, ladies and gentlemen, right? We got a show for you. We're getting a show right now. My turn. All right, Steve. You're going to think these are very similar. I think you are because they're literally very similar. My first pick, my first honorable mention is going to Plus One. And yes, ma'am, Cooter's still out. There you go, much better. It's weird. She crosses her right leg over. You still see the coot. Left, you're doing fine. I would stick with the left leg. All right. Fantastic. Yes, all right. Congratulations. <laughs> Ma'am, have you met my friend Fibea? <laughs> <laughs> He's young and single and ready to mingle, honey. Yes, Fibea, you are welcome. Remember, make her cross her right leg, sir. Wink, wink. All right. <laughs> Wink, wink. I like, I like how you did that. Instead of I'm doing, doing it for it, the podcast yeah, people at home. Okay, cool. Yeah, the podcast listeners, <laughs> they don't know when I'm winking. Wink, wink. <laughs> Smirk, grin. Smirk, grin, right. smile, right. dimple. Yeah. Uh-huh. Turn to the camera and wink. All right. So, yes, plus one is my first honorable mention. And much like yourself, Steve, the second honorable mention, I don't think I laughed as hard as you did for some reason. But it, it does, nonetheless, fit the category and it is a movie that actually won my heart towards the end of the year. I had no idea how, how good this movie was going to be. I did laugh. There were some parts where I did have some, some good belly laughs. But I threw this one in more for, I think, the affection I have for it. And the movie that I'm talking about is Dolomite Is My Name. So, so freaking good. Now it's the moment of truth. This is the big one right here. This is the, the comedy of all comedies, at least for 2019. And we both have some strong opinions, I think. I have not seen the movie that you're about to talk about, Steve, so please enlighten me. I know we briefly touched on it yes. on a podcast once. I uh, have not seen this one yet. I, you make me very curious to watch it. Tell me why this is your best comedy of the year. My best comedy of the year. Uh, the reason that this actually won, the one I'm about to talk about, is because one day I went to San Luis Obispo to their independent movie theater, and I was like, what am I going to watch? I like the actors in this movie, so I decided to go ahead and check it out. Uh, walked in laughed my head off with the group of about 20 people. We laughed like crazy. When I walked out, I said, I think that that's going to be my favorite comedy of the year. And the movie I'm talking about is The Art of Self-Defense. I wish you'd tell me why you're here. I'm afraid. I'm afraid of the dark. I'm afraid of other men. I want to be what intimidates me. You came to the right place. Fan freaking casting. It's very, I think it's streaming now, but yeah, it was not even a it was it was not even a thought before I watched it. I just decided to watch it and it was such a surprise. But it this was a very difficult year for for the like comedies were really good this year. And the one that you that uh you know uh that we had in our honorable mentions, each one of them could have been the winner. But yes, Art of Self-Defense starting starring Jesse Eisenberg is the winner for my comedy of the year. Now, Dan! What about you? 
I went with a little more of a commercial take on this one here. I like I appreciate your your choice because it is a, you know more of an independent film. It didn't get as much play in the theaters, so I respect that. The one that I'm talking about did. I'm going with Booksmart, ladies and gentlemen. Go talk to her. Oh, really cute smile. Amy, do you know how many girls are going to be up your vagina next year? Every time I come to visit you, you're going to be scissoring a different girl. Dude, well, scissoring is not a thing. Don't knock it until it's you not tried a thing. it. Don't knock it until you tried it. Yeah, a little indie flick no one knew about. A little indie flick that came out. That's, that's exactly right. Uh, stars Caitlin Dever, Beanie Feldstein, who, if you guys didn't know this, I didn't know this at first. I don't know why I didn't, but now it makes complete sense. Mm -hmm. Jonah Hill's sister. Yeah. Who knew? Now, this movie does have some similarity to, like, say, Superbad. Kind of. Like, you can see that it takes a page from that, and it's turned itself into a different, uh, very charming movie, actually. It also stars Jason Sudeikis, uh, Lisa Kudrow, Will Forte, Mason Gooding. But the one that I really, really, really enjoyed in this movie is Billy Lord. <laughs> Billy Lord, of course, Carrie Fisher's daughter. You may know her from the Star Wars films that have been out recently, but in this movie, she shines. She's just crazy. Every, every time she's on screen, she's doing something nuts. And she was honestly the biggest laugh for me throughout this movie, even though Beanie Feldstein is clearly the star of this movie. Um, I just kind of was partial to Billy Lord. So yes, it was one of, it was, this was the movie that I laughed the hardest with. And if you have not seen this one, it's streamable. I don't know if you can watch it on HBO yet or anything like that, but do yourselves a favor. If you want a good laugh, you're feeling a little bit low. You need to pick me up. Go with Booksmart. Go with the art of self-defense. We've already done the work for you, ladies and gentlemen. You are welcome. You know what I learned in that description? What's that? That I, that I uh, ramble? No, that you, you say Lu Lisa Kudrow. Is it not? It's Lisa. Uh, I, I've only heard Lisa Kudrow. Oh, you're getting me on like an accent? Yeah, that's very interesting. You're like Lisa Kudrow. I was like. I did not say Lisa <laughs> Kudrow, motherfucker. All right, Jason to Dikis. I'm like, oh, Jason to take it. Great movie with Jason to Dikis and Lisa Kudrow. I'm like, wow. I was watching this wonderful kung fu movie the other day, starring Bruce Lee. <laughs> I know. I was like, why is he saying it like this? Oh, I think you're very exaggerated, but I like it. I'm going. With it. I love Book Smart. Book Smart is really good. Lisa Kudrow. It's Lisa Kudrow. Are you sure? <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> this dude is like... You know what? I'm going to be honest with you. I like Kudrow better. I believe it. Just like you like Jason Sudakis. <laughs> anyway, we're going to move on to Best Drama. Best Drama. <laughs> the, rest of, the rest of the way now. <laughs> Welcome to the Heroes of Noise. <laughs> Best Drama of the Year. <laughs> hey, Steve. Fuck you, Okay. <laughs> Beating a dead horse, Steve. Oh, it's Steve. over, dude. I'm sorry. Can we get a new horse? This one's dead. It's too beaten. I am so sorry, dude. It's over, dog. And you <laughs> do understand it's going to be a thing. If it replaces Metallica in 2020, we'll be okay. Oh, Let's it will. Lisa for Kudrow. Oh, it will definitely replace Metallica, for sure. <laughs> I'm not going to do a Sieg. <laughs> But I will say, everyone in the audience, can you please email us and tell me how you say Lisa Kudrow? I didn't realize that this was such a controversial thing it's that I was so saying. It's so funny. It's just hilarious. You know what? I bet you, and Mr. Walken, please don't take offense to this. I know a lot of people do it. 
maybe it's the fact that I've been trying to impersonate this man for so long that I've got all my pronunciation all screwed. Oh, that might be it too, dude. Mr. Walken, if you don't mind, I know your time. I understand it. I tell you what, we'll pay you. You got three extra Slurpees coming. Yes, one for each. You need four. Okay. <laughs> Would you mind coming up and letting us know how you say it? One more time, ladies and gentlemen, Christopher Walken. Without a doubt, the pronunciation is Cudrell. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, I mean. In your face, Hudson. If he says it like that, of course. I mean, he could even say the Foo Fighters correctly. Ladies and gentlemen, Christopher Walken, give it up for him one more time. This makes so much more sense. This makes so much sense. All right, I know we've been having a lot of fun. We're going to have to bring it down. This category is where the movies happen. This is where it happens, folks. This is where it happens, where acting happens. We're talking about the best drama of the year. Dan, what are your honorable mentions? The shit that like sucks the emotion out of you. That's what we're talking about, ladies and gentlemen. That good shit. The dream factory. The magic store kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? Sorry, yeah. that is a Muppet movie reference. I apologize. Dom DeLuise, rest <laughs> in peace. What we're talking about is drama of the year. And I will go ahead and start this one with my honorable mentions because I don't think you have any. Is that correct? No, I do not. My first honorable mention is going to a movie that came out recently and is based on fact. Back in the 90s, I'm sitting there. It's a Friday night. I'm watching the first night of the Olympics. And they have the big, you know, the festival outside before it all starts. And kaboom, a nail bomb goes off, right? And I believe we lost a few people. Uh, There's lots of injuries, of course. And that was pretty much where my brain was at the time where I went, oh, bad thing happened, move on to the next thing. I didn't follow news very well. So the name Richard Jewell has come up several times in my life, and I really didn't associate to anything. And I'm talking about literally when I saw the poster, I still didn't associate this name to the movie and, and the situation. But uh, my first pick, of course, is Richard Jewell. Thank you. This is a story of security guard that had the best intentions in the world. But he was a bit bumbly. You know, he just, he just did everything wrong. But he did have a very heroic moment. And this, this is when he, in the Olympic Village, found this bomb, notified everyone, and saved. I mean, he had to save at least 10, 20 lives for sure, you know. But he gets all these people out of there. And he's a hero for about three days until the press, the media, and the FBI decide that they need to have someone to, pay, to blame this on. And they just simply try to take this guy down for all the wrong reasons. And this tells the story of Richard Jewell and his struggle with that. And what I really liked about this movie, Steve, is that I saw a side of Paul Walter Hauser that I didn't know existed. The only things that I've seen him in was, A, The Black Klansman, where he plays this backwoods, possibly inbred, I'm serious when I say that, (laughs) possibly inbred, just good old boy. That's not a good old boy because he's a fucking Klansman. But he plays this dude masterfully to where... You don't think this dude's got all of his chromosomes. You know what I mean? He did a really good job with that. And then the other thing that I saw him in, the only other thing that I've seen him in, was season two of Cobra Kai. And again, he's playing a, you know, kind of a comedy character. So when I see that this guy's on screen, I'm asking myself, what kind of movie am I watching? You know, because it's, it's this guy. It's Paul Walter Hauser. And it just turns out that he's got all the chops in the world. He plays a character that's sort of similar to what he's played as far as like his, his drawl, if you will, his southern drawl. But... All the emotions in this movie, man. I mean, I was pulling for this guy. It was a horrific thing that this guy went through. This man's life was ruined. And ultimately, he did end up being innocent. But once the damage is done, what are you going to do? I mean, you can't take some of this stuff away. So I think that I wasn't expecting to be quite as emotional as I was when I saw it. I found myself really, you know, pulling for him and rooting for him. And 
really just started sympathizing with him, everything he goes through with his family and, and the loss of quality of life and everything. So I highly recommend that you folks see Richard Jewell if you haven't seen that yet. I understand it is dropping on digital within like the next month. So look out for that. Second honorable mention, Steve, is Hustlers, starring Jennifer Lopez and Constance Wu. That was another great movie. I don't think it got a lot of love this year through the, you know, for the Oscars and such, but we kind of know that's how the Oscars do their thing. Like, everyone's pissed off at the Oscars all the time. I would have to say I agree with that. So we got to get those people out, get some new blood in, and see what happens. But nonetheless, Hustlers, it's a great visual movie, ladies and gentlemen. I'll just tell you that much. <laughs> and there's more to it. I'm just being damned. Check that one out. Steve, before I give my winner... You want to give yours or should I just finish up? I will go ahead and give the winner. For All me. right. Uh, my winner is, I do not even need to expound on it. It is A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood starring Tom Hanks. Hey, I'm looking for Fred Rogers. In here. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. A beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? freaking fantastic movie loved it everybody already knows we've talked about it a million times go see the movie if you haven't seen it it wins by leaps and bounds for me a beautiful day in the neighborhood is my drama of the year dan what's yours nice pick man i like that one just like you've already talked about yours i've talked about mine this evening as well so i'll make it quick my winner for best drama of the year is going to the farewell Please tell me, the man is dying. She doesn't know, so you can't say anything. Your family thinks it's better not to tell her. Why is that better? Chinese people have saying, when people get cancer, they die. Yeah, good choice. That's a, a, I haven't seen that movie yet, but I've heard nothing but wonderful things about it. I'm telling you, man, if you are close to your family, and I know you are, and... You can just appreciate, we've already talked about the podcast, what this is based on and everything like that. If you don't remember, folks, just go back. Listen, it's only been, <laughs> in podcast world, it's only been about 30 minutes. So really, what the fuck's wrong with you? But go back to, to part one and you can check it out why we mentioned that. The farewell just really tugged at my heartstrings, man. And I think it really had to do with the loss of my grandmother. I think that's what got me. But it is the movie that had me welled up the most this year. And I know we already had our tearjerker of the year, but I'm going to go ahead and include it in this one too. The Farewell. Ladies and gentlemen, check this movie out. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Fan-freaking-tastic. Now, we did already talk about the choke of the year, which was a TV show. But on the other side, we got to be positive sometimes. Would you agree, Dan? We got to be positive. You need balance. Yes, and so there are wonderful TV shows that we did love. So this brings us to the best TV show of the year. Dan, you have quite a few honorable mentions, so I will let you go ahead and handle that business. Yeah, there are so many to mention, and I'm going to be very quick about this, but television was fantastic this year. And again, maybe it's because I'm paying more attention due to the podcast or whatnot, but man, did I watch some television. I'm going to go ahead and just, I'm going to name them off for you. Uh, if I spend all day explaining why, we're going to be here for a very long time. So let me just get through this here. Uh, first honorable mention is The Kaminsky Method on Netflix. It is a wonderfully written show, and uh, if you haven't checked it out, this is some of Chuck Lorre's finest stuff. So again, Kaminsky Method. And then we start getting into the big time shit, like on HBO where there's Chernobyl. Uh, another one that I really liked the movie uh, that I'm about to talk about, I really liked the movie, 
And I was thinking, okay, you know, sometimes movie to series, what's going to happen? Is it going to get watered down? I really liked it. We only have one season so far, but I think that they did it very well. I'm talking about Amazon Prime's Hannah. Steve, what do you think? Have you seen Hannah? I saw the first episode. Okay. All right. Well, we know what Steve thinks of it, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good. It was good. I'm just playing, man. Another great one was a Netflix show that came out, Netflix original, When They See Us. Powerful, powerful uh, miniseries. I think it was four parts. Guys, watch that one. It is not a happy story. It's not at all, but it's true, and you should be aware of what's going on in this country. Speaking of HBO, man, going back to that, Euphoria was another favorite of mine. I don't know. There was just something they did with the show where they took things that were supposed to be, you know, like the movie Kids. They took these, 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 uh, these subjects that teenagers are going through now, and they sort of shine the light on them, and it's sometimes uncomfortable, you know, and, but they did it very well. That deals with drug addiction. It deals with uh, alcohol abuse. It does with rape. It deals with so many of these things, and they, they, the way that they do it is masterful. I can't wait to see where this next season's going, but some fantastic acting in that, and I highly recommend you check it out. Uh, moving along, Dead to Me was another wonderful one, man. Uh, I know you love that one as well. Christina Applegate just killed it in this. Unbelievable was another one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start wrapping these up here. Unbelievable was fantastic. Guys, check this one out. Netflix had some, some great Netflix originals this year. Another one that I'll mention is Mindhunter Season 2. Just a great continuation of that story. Shrill on Hulu, another great show. Big Little Lies Season 2. Wayne on YouTube. Premium was amazing. Like some, just some of the best writing this year in a television series. And I'm so sad to say that they dropped it. I don't know why they take these wonderful shows and they drop them, but there's nothing. If anyone out there wants to pick up a great series and make a lot of money, I'd go with Wayne. Talk to me. I know some people that I can put you in touch with and they'll get this going for you. And I really do. Uh, what else we got? Umbrella Academy on Netflix. Russian Doll was fantastic, Steve. We got to give love to Preacher. I mean, come on, man. We came or from the, we came from that, know. right? We came know. from that. Yep. That's our bread and butter right there. Preacher was fantastic. Stranger Things season three, wonderful. Pen fifteen, wonderful. Watchmen was a fantastic one, and you know, and The Mandalorian on Disney Plus. So much amazing content to watch, and man, this is why I'm about twenty pounds heavier this year. I think. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. I watch way too much television, but I'm gonna save my pick, my favorite, until Steve's done. So, Steve, what do you got? All right. So my honorable mentions are as follows, and there was a lot of good TV, and it was it was this was very difficult. Uh, number one, Top Boy, fantastic show, amazing. Took it from the UK, put it on Netflix, fantastic show. Check it out. The Boys, of course, automatically. Oh man, if you haven't watched The Boys, you're sleeping. The Witcher, uh, finally something that Henry Cavill was meant to play. Succession was amazing, of course, as all the seasons have been. Preacher season four, goodbye. We had to give it some tears. We had a few Kleenexes and so on and so forth. We miss you all. We love you. Holla at your boy. Dead to me. Fantastic. Christina Alphagate, best crier of the year. Unbelievable. Of heartbreak. A freaking heartbreak. Chernobyl, scary as crap. If it happened here, we wouldn't know what to do, just like they didn't. The Mandalorian, way better than I thought it was going to be. Dan convinced me to watch it. So glad I did. Fantastic. The Righteous Gemstones, man, oh man, if you don't watch that show, my lord, John Goodman is back. Uh, Barry, fantastic and easy. Those are my honorable mentions for TV show of the year. I'm going to have to go off script for just a second because I locked on to something that you said, and I'm wondering if I give you an alternative, if you'll agree with me. Go for it. It's petty stuff, but I want to know. You said Christina Applegate is the crier of the year. She had the cry of the year in this one. Is that right? I did hear you correct. Mm -hmm. Now, I know how you feel about this movie, but I'm, I'm going to ask you to go back 
to the first maybe 15 minutes of midsummer. Florence Pugh, when she finds out about her parents. Come on, man. That's a better cry. Well, she, I, I understand she did a great cry. It's just Christina Applegate cried through what? How many episodes of the show? Over and over. And oh, she was just broken for eight hours. I'm like, geez, Louise, <laughs> man. If I had an award for the ugliest cry, it's going to Florence Pugh for Midsummer. That's what I was getting. Oh, okay, I'm with you. But um, uh, so yeah, dude. I mean, what a fantastic year for for TV shows. But Dan, there has to, there can only be one. What was your TV show of the year? Well, in this case, there's two because we have different ones. But yes, you're right. Now you've already mentioned this one, Steve, and I'm I'm, I'm a little bit surprised. I totally see why your pick is what it is. But for me, I was expecting something close to Preacher. You know, we've we've spent a lot of time with Preacher. We 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 love Garth Ennis. Uh, we're fans of Seth Rogen and and his old team. David Blass, of course, who was a production designer, is all, you know, we're fans of these people. So I already had that affection going into this one here. And I was expecting to like it. I was not expecting to love it. And my top pick for best TV show of the year, there is absolutely no question. Because not only did I get all these things that I was expecting to get, I got such a well-written story. Uh, if you take an IP that's already established, you know, you have, you have tons of material to go with. But maybe some of it's not going to be translated into television too. And that always gets a little bit scary. Preacher did suffer from this a little bit. Uh, there's no one here tonight from the show, so I can feel, I feel like I can say that. But uh, sorry, Seth is here. Seth, I'm sorry, but you know damn well you walked away from the show, right? Did you not? Uh, he, he did. You're laughing about it, too. That's fucked up, man. But that's okay. That's all right. The Boys was my top pick by far. Boy, what's sporty spice up there? Who? Sporty fucking spice, what's she up to? I don't know. A baby? Not even page six of the Daily Mail. You see, when they're apart, they're absolute fucking rubbish. But you put them together, they're the goddamn fucking spice girls. The point is, we need each other. We're fucking in the woman. Jesus, he gives the worst pep talks. He really, really does. So much action, such witty humor, so well written. The characters that they brought from the page to the screen just jumped out of there, man. And even when they did things like they changed, you know, I mean, I know we do this a lot in movies now, but when you, you change the ethnicity of somebody or just maybe like the design of their, their outfit or maybe their backstory slightly, you know, you run the chance of pissing people off. And everything that they did, in my opinion, with this show was flawless. It's to the point where... Amazon's like, you know what, here, have another season. You know, <laughs> maybe we'll just give you one more season. This show, this show exploded and it got so many fans and I believe it was the number one watched series at one point on Amazon. I don't know if that's the case now, but when it came out, Amazon's like, holy shit, like, we, this is awesome. Maybe we should just do this all the time. So guys, check it out. C2E2's coming up very soon. I'm gonna get some pictures with these guys. I am that much of a, like a fanboy about this show that I'm gonna, I gotta get a picture with my man. You know who I'm talking about, the Homelander. I think I might even dress up for it, Steve. What do you think? You should. Yeah. Should I wear this tux or should I dress up like one of the boys? You should dress up like one of the boys. Get a get a a, a link. I'm gonna dress up like Mother's Milk. What do you think? <laughs> you should totally have the, the 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 long trench coat for sure. Maybe I could pull off the Frenchman. Oh, you totally could. Yeah, maybe I can do Frenchy. I don't know if I really want to be walking around in a black trench coat these days. In, in like a well, big. You're gonna be there. Gathering. You're fine. So excited about meeting these guys, but I'm not going to spend too much more time. We have a lot of show to cover. 
and that is my pick. So give it up for the boys, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Steve, what do you got? My pick for the TV show of the year is an amazing show based off the comics, sort of. Ladies and gentlemen, my pick for the TV, well, the TV show of the year is The Watchmen. People who are masked, they're driven by trauma. They're obsessed with justice because of some injustice they suffered. Ergo, the mask, it hides the pain. I wear the mask to protect myself. Right, from the pain. Regina King, killing it. It was fantastic. I already know if you're listening to this, you've already heard of the show. Check out the show. You don't have to read the comic to know what's happening. It was fantastic. Nailed it. Couldn't believe I'm so glad they ended after one season. It ended perfect. This is how you stick a landing. The Watchmen is my number one show of the year. Ladies and gentlemen, check it out if you haven't. That's really true, Steve. I think that the finale was just so damn good. Just like you're saying, that this was the perfect time to stop. We don't need to see anything else. Let the mind take you someplace else. What happens from that? Go have an adventure in your head. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to see anymore. If they did it, I would be a little worried, like, okay, don't fuck this up. You know what I mean? Like, you, you, were, you were right where you need to be. Don't fuck this up. Don't pull the Game of Thrones or something like that. Speaking of television, we had to talk about the best TV episode, like the best single episode. It could have been anything. We have our picks. Uh, we'll make this one quick. Mine, going back to what I was talking about a little bit earlier, is When They See Us on Netflix. And I'm referring specifically to episode four. It really just kind of ate me up. Like I sat after that and just sort of thought about that one for a long time. And, and um, it's sad. I read up on it a little bit more. And it just made me so angry at certain people that are still kind of, you know what I'm saying, ladies and yeah. gentlemen, that motherfucker. But anyway, definitely, episode four of When They See Us was the most emotional moment that I've had in television all year. It is the one that stuck with me. It, it bothers me. It makes me angry. And that's why it's my pick. That is awesome, man. Yeah, wonder, wonderful show. Uh, yeah, it's going to anger you, but it's very important if you don't know the story to check it out. Yeah, don't close your eyes to this one. This, this shit happened, and don't make yourself blind to it. Totally. Um, my episode of the year, single TV episode, is God Walks Into a Bar of oh. the Watchmen. I don't even know how they wrote it. I don't understand. Because if you watch this show, you've watched the whole Watchmen, this one episode links all of it. Every single thing that happens in the past and then in the episodes to come, you can look back at that table and be like, oh my God. Yeah. And a lot of things like, they, they say some off the wall things about time, but when you think about it for that specific, I'm not gonna ruin it, but for the specific person talking about what he's talking about at the table, it's how time would work for him. It makes total sense. I loved it. Uh, the, the writer's room, I wish I could give them each a freaking, um, a genius medal. Same one I'd give Ryan Johnson for Knives Out. Just saying, I don't even know how you did this. So here's the genius medal of honor for everybody in that writing room. Fantastic. That's my pick of the um, TV show episode of the year. A God walks into a bar. What were your thoughts on, well, I don't really want to say the character's name, but um, the one that you were just talking about in this particular episode. And if you watch The Watchmen, you know where we're going. What did you think of the portrayal of that character? Perfect. Much better than, say, uh, Black Manta? 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, apparently not, though. People loved him in that, too. Yeah, I don't know why, but let me tell you Woo! what. Great, re- great recovery, sir, because wow, were you shitty. <laughs> I wouldn't say that if he was here. But then again, technically, in the lay of times, he is still black. Oh, shit. <laughs> He's playing him black. Steve Hudson for the win on that one. He just blew my damn mind. Excuse me while I pick my brains back I'm up sorry. and put it into my skull. I mean, black menta. Oh, you know, well, why you got to bring up old shit? You see how he is? I'm telling you what, man. I don't know. It's like I know why he's my partner, and then I realize, and then I wonder why he's my partner. You know what I'm saying? Blackman. <laughs> but seriously, Aquaman, terrible movie. A terrible Aquaman. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Woo, damn, boy. I think you've been, like I said, you've been doing, even earlier, after the whole um, Christopher Walken thing, you're like, man, I tell you what, the guy or the person in the movie was a good fighter. Like, Whoa. You know what? It's there. I can hear it coming out sometimes. Is he turning into him? We're getting close, ladies and gentlemen. Don't worry. If you need another bathroom break, the show is going to be ending soon, we promise you. But not just yet because we have more to talk about. This is where it starts to get hot. Best action movie of the year. Steve, take it away. You know what's funny? This, this one was not... Okay, you know... I didn't think twice on this one. I wouldn't think you would. No, you, <laughs> you've talked about this movie a lot. This a lot. There, See, there it is again. <laughs> oh, man. It's like... Holy... I don't this movie know. What's going on? Crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Time to put that baby to bed. <laughs> All right. These, because I, I totally forgot about some of these until I went through the action movies of the year. I'm like, oh, my honorable mention of the following. John Wick 3. Oh, my God. Yeah. Great one. Alita Battle Angel. Loved that movie. So mad we're not getting another one. Oh, man. Is that, is that a fact? Are you sure? <laughs> we are not. They didn't. I don't think it made enough money. It might have made enough money overseas. That is a massive ton of bullshit right there. Man. That's, that a, that's a shame. That was a fantastic, like, it blew me away. I was expecting to enjoy it, and I really just went in to talk about it because, you know, with the podcast and such. But it was visually stunning, man. Like, we're, we're getting to this point where we almost don't need actors anymore. Dude, it's we're really scary. Close, dude. Yeah, it's we're very scary. Close. So on that, on that, it's, it's scary. But, yes, great choice, man. Alita Battle Angel was sick. Well, here's the thing. One thing they have going for them is that James Cameron is behind it, and you don't really tell him no. You just go, okay. Okay. Why? Because you know he's going to bring your, your place a lot of money eventually. If he ever makes a movie in your theater or in your, for your company, he'll make you a lot of money. So just do it. But anyway, Alita Battle Angel, Captain Marvel, very close. Shazam. Shazam. Um, very, very <laughs> close. Uh, Shazam. Shazam. Yes. I love this movie, dude. I still to this day love this movie. I thought it was fantastic. Six Underground. Uh, Doom was so good on Netflix, G. I completely missed it. It had no business being as good as it was. And so those are my close honorable mention. All of them could have made it, but even the close ones were about 18 miles away from who my winner is. Dan, what are your honorable mentions? I have just a couple of them. Uh, the first one I'm going to say is uh, Shazam. Not only was that movie charming, but there were some scenes in this movie that were almost on the horrific side of things. Dude. Like there was some, some straight up violence going on that I wasn't expecting in this one. 
uh, it was by far the best thing DC had done to date. So yeah, that, that, that's definitely an honorable mention for me. And then of course, I'm going to add this one in because I completely forgot about it. Alita Battle Angel. Have to throw that in. So good. Visually stunning, great acting, and it's a damn shame. I'm depressed now. I thought we were going to get a sequel, but I'll get over it soon. I'm going to go ahead and stop right... No, actually, I'll give you one more. My top honorable mention might be a surprise to some of you. You know, my placement, I should say. But I'm going to go ahead and go with Avengers Endgame as my top honorable mention. I'll say why I picked this one, and I'll give it some, some props, and I'll also say some other things too. But you know what? Let me just go ahead, Steve. Since I'm here, if you don't mind... My top pick, and I thought about this one, okay? This is weird, because we just talked about this. But you have to understand something. This is the best action movie. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Best action movie. It has nothing to do with the acting. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the plot. This is just based on action alone. And I don't think that there is any movie this year that comes close to the amount of action that they throw at you in this movie. It's so well done. The movie, I hated it, to be quite honest with you. I thought it was just, well, I didn't hate it, but it was, I thought it was a terrible movie. But at the same time, crazy entertaining. It had me laughing. I would definitely watch it again, and if a sequel comes out, I've already talked about this. Uh, if you guys haven't heard our review on this one, listen to Scenic Cast, because we were on there and we talked about this one, and we had a great time talking about this. As much as I disliked this movie, I also loved it when it comes to the action. And I, again, I don't think that there's any movie that comes close to this one. My pick for best action movie of the year, again, focusing on action alone, Michael Bay's Six Underground. Come on. These people were declared dead. None of us will be remembered. It's about to happen, Will. Good things when you raise the better ones, right? Who the hell are you? We're no one. Do they exist? They can be made not. I'm sorry. There's nothing you can do. You could talk to me for three hours on this one. I'm not going to. But I'm just saying you could. Not going to change my mind. Explosions. Everything that Michael Bay does in a movie. He just turned it up to 100 on this one. And that's what we get. We get six underground. And I'm not going to change my mind. Not that you're asking me to, sir. Okay. Now, please give me your action. So my, no, my action movie of the year, because we're going action movie, not stunts. I would say okay. the best action movie is not even close. Avengers Endgame, ladies and gentlemen. This was a good year for action movies, man. Serious question. I'm not trying to debate with you, and I know it's going to sound that way, but out of curiosity, who do you think used more green screen? Endgame? Oh, I'm not for talking sure. About for, it's got to be Endgame, right? Just because of the, the environment that they're in and everything. I don't know, because you have to use green, you have to use some sort of, uh, I'm sure they added CGI to the dummies they used in certain uh, crash scenes. Right. But right, there right. was a lot of rendering. There was a lot of rendering, and but... Of just at the sheer magnitude of it, you have to go in because of the sheer magnitude. I don't have to do anything, Steve. 
I'm saying oh, like as far as green screen, you have to go. <laughs> I, I'm just kidding, bro. Yeah, it's, it's it's just a huge like even when you see behind the scenes, you're like, good lord, they're like in a tiny room doing these fight scenes in a tiny green screen room, and then they make it this humongous. It's it was a yeah. So both sides. I would love to see a behind the scenes of uh, Six Underground though, because there are a few things I want to know. How did you how did you pull that off? You know specifically the. Um, Italian car chase scene. I don't know how they did that. The first 20 minutes of this movie is better than most action movies in general. I don't know how they did that. Like, how did you, did you make a road that looked like it? I don't know. It was pretty amazing. But again, wonderful year of action movies. So happy that I got to see so many good ones this year. Great year for us. Yeah. Now, what we're about to see is Dan's group. Dan is a freaking, uh, he is a, uh, a connoisseur of this category. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about best animated television show. Dan, what are your honorable mentions? I appreciate the high mentions, man. I really honestly don't think that I watched that much animation. It's just that the ones that I saw this year, I thought were great. But honestly, I probably don't like it as much as you think I do. That said, I'm going to go ahead and give you my picks. I have to give some love because there's a show that's been out for 20 plus years now. I don't even know what season we're on because quite honestly, I drop in and out of this show much like I did with The Simpsons until I eventually just stopped watching it altogether. But this one here, no matter how long the show goes on, it always stays topical. And it, I love a show. I love a movie. I love anything, a podcast, what have you, that is going to turn the mirror on people and make you a little uncomfortable sometimes and show you how absurd that we can be as people, you know what I mean? And I don't think any other show, especially animated, does this better than South Park. So the last season of South Park is definitely an honorable mention for me. I got back into it again. My son has been watching this and it's just still like top notch. It's just amazing to me. I, I watched a, a making of video a few years back on how they put these things together. And the fact that they can still stay this witty, making shows out of nothing within seven days blows my fucking mind. So. Major kudos to Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Fantastic last season of South Park. I'm back in all the way. That's one of my honorable mentions. And then another one came along on DC Universe. Now, I was just about to give this whole thing up. I was kind of tired of DC Universe. I didn't really feel like I was getting my money's worth. You know, it just wasn't for me. And then I watched Harley Quinn. And it is fan-fucking-tastic how good this show is. It's hilarious. It is 100% for adults. It's just going to do things that you go, wow, they went there, you know, and it's, it's just, it's, it's a great show. It's smart. It's just so intelligently written. Check out Harley Quinn if you can. If you don't have DCU, get creative. But Harley Quinn is out there, ladies and gentlemen, and it's begging for you to watch it. My last honorable mention, now this is tough. I, like, I have so much love for this show and it, particularly the writers, but there's one that I just liked a little bit better. But this, my last honorable mention is going to Big Mouth. I have been pushing this show on pretty much anyone that will watch it. It is crass. It is uncomfortable. It, again, sort of turns the mirror on people in a weird way. You know, I mean, it's, it's really just, it, it just shows you everything that is uncomfortable in adolescence and puberty. And it just throws it out there and it makes it funny. And it, sometimes it's, I could see where it's maybe too crass for some. Steve, I know you're not a big fan of profanity. I don't know if that's what throws you off on the show. But to me, I just don't think they get, it can really get any funnier when it comes to an animated show. I know this isn't my top pick, but I'm not really going for funny. But again, I loved it. I just anticipate these coming out. I watch them the moment they drop, and I usually just binge them straight through. So Big Mouth Season 3 is my last honorable mention. Do you have any honorable mentions? I do not. Then, sir, it is time to get another envelope out. All right, here we go. 
The winner for Best Animated Television Show of 2019 goes to... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's, how, that's how you do it. You're, I do. Like, how I the really fuck does this do. guy open up envelopes? I really do. The last one I heard was... Who opens up an envelope that way? <laughs> I'm sorry. Let's get back to the show. The winner for Best Animated Television Show is, hands down, Netflix original Sex, Love, and Robots. It's just a rapid-fire show. You don't ever get the same thing twice. There are, there are hints of the movie Heavy Metal. There are hints of uh, Liquid Television. Steve, I know you're a big fan of The Werewolf. There's a full-on episode dedicated to that. Yeah. This thing just kept throwing out. I never knew what to expect with this one. And I found myself, again, like you were saying, you, you say I'm a connoisseur of animation, but really that's not the case at all. And I was wondering, how long can I last with this, you know? And I, it turns out I just went all the way through it. It was, it was fantastic. I got nothing bad to say about this show. I can't wait for season two. I hear that might be coming sooner than we think. Uh, but Sex, Love, and Robots, yeah, hands down, the winner. What do you think? Dude, it was, I remember, uh, you know, hearing about it. And when I watched it, I was like, here we go. I already had in my brain what it was going to be. It was nothing like that. Just such a wonderful, it's so easy to binge. I do watch some animation, but this one was leaps and bounds for me last year. Absolutely sex, love, and robots. Fantastic one. Nice pick. You have great taste. <laughs> we do, don't we? We do. Yeah, we have good taste. Dude, you do the most. You're doing an imitation of me better than I could do, so good on you. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> now here's the weird thing. We, 15 years ago, who would have thought we were going to be doing a category talking about best Netflix original? Remember when we used to get the DVDs in the mail? <laughs> exactly, exactly. We'd be like, why would we be doing that? We are now heading into best Netflix original from 2019. And not only are we heading into that category, but it is a category that is chock full of really good stuff. Who'd a Thunk it. It's not like we had to really think hard about this. It's just like, oh, the, the hard part was picking because Netflix is killing it. There's so many good originals out there. So this was kind of a tough one for me. Oh, for sure, dude. And, and it's funny when I, I saw a, an interview with the head of Netflix and he was like, we're doing the same things we did when we started 22 years ago. I was like, 22 years ago? Yeah, it's crazy, man. Dude. I remember, like, what is this? I'm going to try this. I remember saying that to myself. I'm going to try out this, this movie subscription service. Yeah, same like, with me. And I loved it. Hey, look, I got, a, I got a DVD in the mail. I thought it was the coolest kid in town. Yeah, I, I remember that's how I saw The Wire. Now, uh, our next category is Best Netflix Original. Dan, what are your honorable mentions? Oh, so many. I, had, I really had to like, think about this because there's just so many. But I'm going to give you just a few. I, again, I put this one in as a, as a, a Best Netflix Original honorable mention simply because of the action on this one. I, again, personally speaking, I have never seen action like this, that much of it, all at once. So I'm, again, I'm going to bring up Six Underground. I, you know what? I think I like this movie better than I think I did, to be quite honest with you. I gave it a very low rating, but it's, again, like I said earlier, it's one that kind of keeps coming back to me, maybe for all the wrong reasons, but Six Underground is definitely a pick. I'm a huge fan of Johnny Fabs. You know this, right? Of course. Like, we, we go way back. I've got pictures with them. You know, we do selfies. It's, it's a thing. <laughs> And uh, he had a, a movie out that is one of my all-time favorite movies. It's called Chef. I was thrilled to find out that he was going to continue that. I mean, it's just Johnny Favs. It's not the character. But he did the Chef show. 
and I learned how to make one of my favorite dishes, man. It's easy. I'm probably going to jack the name up, but it's aglio di olio. It's just this pasta dish. It's the dish that if you've watched Chef, he makes for um, Scarlett Johansson. Okay. Like, she's trying to be sexy, but it's kind of an awkward scene. That's the scene I'm talking about. But that pasta is the shit. We make it at least once a week in this house. I love watching cooking shows, so if I can have a movie I like, the characters I like, making the food that I like them making in this, it's fantastic. So Chef Show is definitely a pick of mine. We just talked about sex, love, and robots. Visually stunning, uh, super entertaining, downright weird. Check it out. My third runner-up stars Mads Mikkelsen. Action like crazy. It's going to Poland. Or maybe Polar, I should say. <laughs> My first runner-up in the honorable mentions category for best Netflix original is going to Mindhunter season two. The portrayal of the serial killers in this movie, or excuse me, in this series, is uncanny. Like, what they do is, it blew my mind. What's crazy about this one, and uh, without giving you too many spoilers, Charlie Manson makes an appearance in this. And the actor that plays him also played Charles Manson in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And what's weird about this is when I saw that version, I'm like, eh, okay, I see it's Charlie Manson because he's got long hair, and that's what this movie is sort of about in a weird way. And there he is, no beard or anything. And okay, sure, that's their Charles Manson. And then the same actor comes back again for season two of Mindhunter. They age him a little bit with makeup. They give him a beard. And, I don't, and then they let him do his Charles Manson. And it is fucking phenomenal. Put them together. They look like the same person. I, I got to give so many props to him. And I, I feel bad that I don't have his name in front of me right now. But uh, it just blew my mind. Then, of course, the portrayal of Ed and Kemper, of course. Son of Sam. All of these characters. There's just, and then, of course, the stories that go along with their murders and everything. I just love the way this is all tied in. I love the psychological aspect of it. I love studying serial killers. It is sort of a weird fascination with me. I used to read books on it and stuff like that. We'll talk about those issues later. But yes, Mindhunter Season 2 is my top pick. And then uh, before I go into the winner, of course, there's a reason why I'm going to pass it over to Steve. My, it was a great, again... Fantastic picks. Love those picks. My honorable mentions are the following. Six Underground. Uh, I loved it. Thought it was great. You already know. I went crazy. I went more crazy for it than you did. It was crazy. And now you're crazy. just like, <laughs> great. Um, Triple Frontier, man. I forgot about this movie. As I did until just now. Yeah, I like this movie a lot, dude. I thought Ben Affleck killed it. I thought they were all so good in this freaking movie. So Triple Frontier. And uh, Pilar, those are my <laughs> honorable mentions. Dan, who won? Let me get that envelope out. Here we go. Do you mind if I say the name of it? Handle it. Okay. The winner for best Netflix original goes to Dolomite is my name. <laughs> yeah. You love him and I love him. Put your hands together. Thank you, Eddie Murphy, for coming back. And not just coming back to do something to make some money. Like, coming back and showing us why we love Eddie Murphy. He was amazing. Everyone was incredible. This just made me feel so wonderfully at the end of the movie. Great pick. And that is why we chose this awesome film as the Netflix original of the year. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's an underdog kind of movie. Oh, for sure. It's just this cool little slice of time, this little slice of life of how this guy got things done. Rudy Ray Moore is who I'm talking about. And yeah, it's just such a heartwarming movie, man. I was expecting to go into this movie and laugh and go, ah, look at Eddie Murphy's doing his thing. And yes, that, that's all there, of course. But 
it's just such a touching story the way they did it. So yeah, I, I really couldn't pick anything better. Fantastic. Dan, this next category is hilarious due to the honorable mentions on both of our parts. But I have no honorable mentions, Steve. Yeah, that's what's so funny about it. You're catching up. We're getting there. <laughs> You're getting there. You know, you don't have any honorable mentions, as you say. No mentions. Nothing. No honorables. Nothing. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about the category for best podcast of the year. Uh, since I have no, uh, since uh, he has no honorable mentions, I'll give a few of mine. Uh, I'm going to go take a piss real quick because this is going to be a minute. I'm going to jam through them. Uh, number one, uh, the first one is the Majority Report, which is a political podcast. Fantastic. Trashy divorces is exactly what you expect it to be. The most trashy divorces of all history and them running down what happened. Plane Crash Podcast, which is them going through the plane crashes of, the his, of history and listening to the black boxes and then describing what happened. Not a great thing if you want to travel. Uh, the next is the Benjamin Dixon Show, going to Chilling Tales for Darkest Nights. That's a very good horror podcast if you like horror. You dig it. Crimes of Passion is a great podcast if you want to hear people who are in love and it turns out that they kill each other. Always fun. Um, Over My Dead Body is a good, is a good you know, kind of murdering murder mystery you probably dig it running from cops is about the uh cops show and how corrupt it really was we all watched what you going what you going i'm never gonna hear that song the same again because it was a totally corrupt show how's it well, go <laughs> i don't think fabir heard what you were saying he had his face in her chest oh it's okay no, no 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 big deal uh horror hill is a great, uh, is, a, is a wonderful um, horror podcast for with a few of the guests from No Sleep Podcast. Uh, People's Party with Talib Kweli and Swindled for all you wonderful people who are interested in hearing how con, or, con artists get over on you. And that are, those are all my honorable mentions, which leads us to our winners. Dan, who did, what did you pick? Because for Dan, it was no contest. That's why he has no honorable mentions. No one came close to this podcast. Dan, who won your podcast of the year? Well, let me explain my reasoning real quick. And now you kind of have me three thinking things. So I, I, I'm going to add some honorable mentions, but I just want to explain why I really only had one to begin with. I think a big part of me not listening to a lot of podcasts this year was because of my job and how, you know, the, I, I don't really, I'm not able to really listen to that when I'm working. And yeah, I did have a lot of time off this year, but I spent a lot of time diving into our podcast community and, you know, networking with our, with who are now our friends. You know what I'm saying? So I really focus a lot on a certain genre of podcast, meaning pop culture podcast, and I'm going to get into that in just a second. Um, I do have one major pick, and, I, and I'll tell you why. But I did want to give some attention to some of our friends because if I'm being real, yours are the shows that I listen to. You know, I, I, I made wonderful friendships this year. So I just want to give some love to some of those shows right now. Um, one that I really – I don't know these people, but I, I have to say I listen to their show all the time. It's the Rock Candy Podcast. It's like a biographical podcast about different musical acts from everything from Iron Maiden, Metallica to uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Nirvana, not just rock and roll. They talk about Michael Jackson. They talk about Nina Simone, uh, but they do it in a fun way. And I always sort of likened our show to their show just because of the way that they kind of play off of each other. But they're, you know, they're, they're totally focused on music. And sometimes they're wrong, you know, and they, they, sometimes they're, they're not, uh, their facts aren't always just right but they've kind of won my hearts in just the way that they talk to each other. They're great. It's Maggie and Ashley. And if you want to check it out, it's called the Rock Candy Podcast. So I want to give them a little bit of love. Uh, another one that I really have found a lot of love for, um, I love these guys. I think they're great. And I think that they are, they've sort of, they've been around longer than us. Uh, it shows. 
they are starting to kill it. It's like they, they put some freaking high-octane fuel into them, and they're just, like, kicking ass now. And I don't know where Steve's getting this energy. But I wanted to give it up to one of my favorite podcasts of the year, uh, The Scenic Cast. Steve and Kova, you guys are killing it. I love your back and forth. I love how you guys have differences of opinions, and you sort of, you know, you playfully fight with each other. There's a lot of sparring involved. Uh, you guys have great chemistry, and I just want to give it up to you. Another one, nobody asked you, Kevin. Kevin Shanks, you are smarter than you should be, sir. And uh, I just want to say that you're always giving us this really interesting takes on things. Um, I love your taste. You have such varied tastes in music and film, and everything that you talk about, I find it very interesting. So I just want to give a little bit of love there. Got to talk about Pop Culture Leftovers. Those are our friends. They have been very kind to the show. I got to say, I'm, I'm most excited about meeting you guys just because of the history that we kind of have just off of the microphone, just talking and stuff. Uh, Brian's been a great help, great guy, and I can't wait to meet you guys. Blurds are us, our boys from the UK, always killing it, hilarious. Uh, a mirror image, as Nana will put it. Like, he, he, he says that we're the American version of their show, and I kind of see his point on that. So, yeah. Um, Vintage Geeks, fantastic show. And, of course, Scott Shooter, the old man, Tales from the Yard. You guys are killing it. David Isaac, you guys, it's another show that I just laugh all of the time. You have your own sponsor. It's the Poof Knife. It makes me laugh every single time you guys advertise that. But uh, I just wanted to give some love because it's, it's, uh, it's a lot of work to put out a podcast. I don't care what you do. If it's a matter of just hitting record, speaking into the mic, and then sending it out, you got to do that week to week. You have to be consistent with that. And you guys all do such a fantastic job. Oh, God, almost forgot. ADO Radio, too. You guys are fucking killing it. Thank you. I've had some great times with you this year. And thank you for having me on. All of you are fantastic. Your shows are growing every year. I love listening to the progress of my friends, you know, as I'm sure they, some of them we've had conversations with where they say the same thing about us. So this is just showing some love to the podcasts that have been in our, you know, the podcasts that are within our wheelhouse. You guys are great, and you just don't get enough love, and I'm giving you some right now in front of all these wonderful people. So let's give it up to all of our friends various podcasts. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, one more time. One more big round of applause. Come on. Thank you. And finally, my, my pick for uh, top podcast of the year. I didn't get to listen to a lot of them. I, like I said, I was listening to my friends, but Video Palace. something I discovered on accident. It blew me away. It is a serial podcast that tells the tale of this elusive VHS. You know, we've, we've heard this before. It's the thing. It does take a trope in it, but it, it changes it. It gives it a little bit of a special feeling to it. It's the trope of the video, the mysterious video that if you play it, bad things happen. And there's a whole bunch of them. I'm not going to give you the plot of this, but I will tell you that there is great voice acting in this. Uh, the production value is fantastic. The creators, Ben Rock and Bob DeRosa, great guys. We had them on the show. I can't wait to see what they do next. I'm hoping that it's going to be Video Palace too, but if not, I know that they have some surprises that are going to be coming soon. If you follow them on Twitter, and I suggest you do, check them out. Neptune Salad is Ben Rock, at Neptune Salad. And then uh, and Bob DeRosa's handle is at them Bob, T-H-E-M-B-O-B. Check them out, follow them. There's going to be big things coming from them very soon. But Video Palace is fantastic, and that is my winner for Best Podcast of the Year. So... 
my podcast of the year is something that has keep that has kept me in my job literally totally entertained only because they legit make a three hour a week podcast of nothing but horror stories my podcast of the year is the no sleep podcast brace yourself for the no sleep podcast It's just how they do what they do. I do not know. I don't understand, but they're a fantastic podcast. Production levels always up to par. Some of the stories are very, very scary. Worst case scenario, they're just entertaining. No sleep, no sleep podcast is Steve's pick for podcast of the year. Let's not forget that they tour as well. They do. So they're yeah, they go out on tour often, guys. If you haven't, we've seen them before. It's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. So if you. If you hear the No Sleep podcast is coming through town, check it out. It's actually pretty reasonable, too. It's reasonably priced. It's not bad at all. Dude. You won't spend a mint, ladies and gentlemen. I promise. <laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen. From that, we go to a very interesting category, which I have a feeling we're going to be thinking about the same on. It's the best yeah. comic book movie of the year. Dan, what are your honorable mentions? A couple honorable mentions real quick. Um, I think we're going to be pretty much in agreement with these. I don't know where yours are going to rank. Maybe you're not going to agree with all of them, but I'm just going to give you two real quick. Uh, the very first one, of course, is Joker. The reason that I put this into a category where it's an honorable mention as opposed to a win is because we've seen a lot of Joker already. Yes, this is a, an, an original take on Joker, but to me, this one was more of a, uh, like a one-off acting class. You know what I'm saying? Like I think that this, the, the shining star clearly is Joaquin Phoenix. And if you take him out of this, you end up with a movie that you've sort of seen before. I'm not knocking it. I enjoyed it. I purchased it. But there's no way that it could be my win. You know what I mean? It's not going to be my favorite this year. But Joker was my second pick. The first honorable mention is going to Shazam. Again, we've already talked about it, so I'll make it quick. But it was not what I was expecting. I was expecting to be underwhelmed. And I came out of a movie that not only had the elements of you know, superhero action, but it almost, it sort of felt like big at the same time too. And I think that that was what gave it that little extra charm and, and sort of pushed it into a higher category for me. We start seeing production photos and we're looking at a rather large Shazam costume, you know, Captain Marvel, which of course we don't call him that anymore, but rather large chested Shazam costume. It looked a little over the top and I was quite frankly getting a little worried. See the previews of it. I'm like, what is, this is way different than anything I've seen in DC, which isn't a bad thing, but I was... I was intrigued, I'll say that. Steve, we saw this movie together, and uh, it was kind of a weird experience because the, we did miss like the very end of the movie, yeah. the, at least the audio of it, but the energy in the crowd was great. When you, I mean, I remember that. Like Everyone was just really enjoying this movie. I remember looking at you several times during, during it and just going, oh shit, Like I think they stuck the landing on this one, you know? And you just can't say that about a lot of DC movies. So if you haven't seen this one, check it out. It is well worth the watch and the rewatch that you're gonna do. Uh, all of the acting all the way across the board is great. And again, it does have some elements of horror that I really did not expect. So it's it's a top-notch movie, but it is not my pick because we're about to get into that right now. The winner for the best comic book movie of 2019. I don't even, you know what? I don't need this fucking envelope because we all know what it is, ladies and gentlemen. <gasps> Sorry, I did not mean to. Oh my God, I feel bad. I threw the envelope and I just gave someone a paper cut in the eyeball. Yeah. I am so sorry. Please don't sue us. You don't make a lot of money on Patreon. You okay? 
Just tell everyone it's a stat. You're okay. I'm very sorry. Anyway, folks, don't throw envelopes. It can be dangerous. The winner for best comic book movie of the year is, this is a no-brainer, Avengers Endgame. is there to say about this this is the pinnacle of 22 movies it's such a dangerous place to be like you you know again i I don't want to knock the movie but if you take what's going on with the rise of skywalker right now and they had even more years to to get this right it's a very delicate situation and again it's going to be polarizing you know what i mean but i think that it's kind of universal what avengers endgame did and let's not talk about the little feat that it had to accomplish of knocking out avatar as the most profitable movie ever. This is not just a a little movie that we're going to talk about and then forget next year. This is one that's going to be with us forever. And I'm not going to try and sell it because I think you know, if you, I don't even know if there's anyone that hasn't seen this movie yet, to be quite honest with you. But Avengers Endgame, I'm not going to overtalk it. It's just more than a comic book movie. You know what I mean? It's something that is going to be with us historically for a very long time. Agreed. Good luck knocking that one out. And it's so good, in fact, that I actually gave the rating of Endgame. I haven't given it to anything else yet, but somewhere... There's an Endgame rating for that movie. It's waiting for that movie that hasn't come out yet. But yes, that's it. Any thoughts on this one? No, I, I've said it. Um, everything you said, I totally agree with. I've talked about Endgame on the pod endlessly, so we have agreed. Obviously, the best comic book movie of the year. Yeah, without a doubt. Avengers Endgame. Give it up one more time, ladies and gentlemen. Right. Time to cap it up, sir. Let's do it. All right. I'm going to take it down a notch here because, you know, we had, maybe we should have done this earlier in the show, but we're closing things out. So let's go low and then come back high. All right. Yeah. This next category goes to the celebrity death that hit us the hardest. Mm-hmm. Last year was a bitch because we, <laughs> Aretha Franklin, man, come on. Like that was a rough one. <laughs> it's kind of weird to rank the deaths of people. So yeah. I'm not going to say this is a better death <laughs> or anything right. like that, but I'm going to give some honorable mentions real quick just because we did lose some pretty important people. Luke Perry. He's Dylan McKay, man, 90210. I like this guy. And I just feel so bad that at the age of 52, we lost this guy to a massive stroke. You know, So our thoughts go out to his family, but Luke Perry is the first one. Uh, secondly, we're getting back to my childhood now. This is the second concert that I ever went to. Great performer. Live, not so much, but always great sonically. Great producer. He produced Weezer's first album uh, and much more. But more importantly, he was the front man for the Cars. He lost his life this year. I believe he was 75 years old, and that is Rick Ocasek. So he died right after the Cars got into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Our thoughts go out to him as well. Rest in peace, Rick Ocasek. And then my last honorable mention is John Witherspoon. This one was rough, man, because we're talking about Friday. I mean, he's a dad in Friday. Bang, bang, bang. Yeah. All that. You know what I mean? He's just, there's just, uh, when John Witherspoon's on the screen, you're only watching him. Of course you are. And he passed. Yeah. So. Rest in peace to you, Mr. Witherspoon. Uh, before I give the final, I'm going to go, you know what, screw it. Let's just do it. I'm going to go ahead and give you my winner right now. Go for it. My winner for the, it's terrible. <laughs> this, is a, this is a fucked up category. We'll get this one right next year, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe our wording will be a little bit more correct. A little more correct. But the uh, top celebrity death, the one that hit me the hardest this year, 
is again from my childhood. This is, and I'm talking like real childhood from age four on, watched every day on PBS, showed up in the Muppet movie. You don't see this character and go, oh, what is that? It's Big Bird. We all know Big Bird. We all love Big Bird. And I want to say that the man that created Big Bird and voiced him for many, many years passed away recently, and that is Carol Spinney. So I wanted to say rest in peace, sir. You are the celebrity death that hit the hardest. All right. I would say I'm just going to give you my choice. The celebrity death that hit me the hardest was John Witherspoon from, you know, Friday to uh, Boondocks. Like, he's been the voice. He's been the funny dude. It's like, oh, I mean... What are you going to say that hasn't been said about John Witherspoon? It was pretty wild that the that when I got the news, it wasn't it was highly unexpected. I was like, wait, what happened now? So yeah, like after seeing him and all the things he you know, I had forgotten his role in Boomerang. It was just so good. His little coordinate. I'm like, come on. You can't beat that. Coordinate. Gotta coordinate. So yes, I would say John Witherspoon, rest in peace to all that were mentioned. We will miss you, so rest in peace. He's the one that told us, Steve, to not go into the bathroom for 35, 45 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) What a loss. But, I mean, that's how it works, man. That's how life is, where they're there, and then life is fleeting, ladies and gentlemen. Just like Mr. Walken said earlier, life is for the living. Do it. Guys, guess what? Yes, I'm talking to you. You guys are going to be walking through those exit doors here very shortly because we have come to the final award of the evening. Thank you so much for sticking with us. And I can't tell you how much we really appreciate you guys being there and listening to it. If you're listening to the noises right now, thank you because it means the world to us. But this is it, Steve. And I think we already know where you're going because you've mentioned it several times over the year. But let's go ahead and do it anyway. I want to hear your honorable mentions first. My honorable mentions are the following. Of course, us, very close. Parasite, so close. In any other year, they win. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, amazing. And The Irishman are my honorable mentions for movie of the year. This is, yeah, this is good. It got close, but there's only one that could have it. Now, Dan, what are your honorable mentions? I'll just give you a couple honorable mentions real quick, Steve, and then I'm going to get down to the nitty gritty of things. Uh, The first one. We already had him up here. He's no longer here. I would love to have him back. I feel bad that he's not here. But be that as it may, the uh, first honorable mention of the movie of the year, one that's, again, sticking with me, making me want to go back and watch this one again for everything that I just didn't catch the first time or maybe I could see it from a different angle. But it is, and also, the most anxiety-inducing movie this year for me was Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler. Just a fucking fantastic movie, but... I'm just going to go ahead and give it this honorable mention. I had to pick somebody. Uh, again, Parasite. You're right, Steve. It should have been the winner. But this was a year of movies that weren't playing around. You know, <laughs> they, they just came for blood this year. And um, it, it, Bong Joon-ho, fantastic director. The cast was fantastic. The story is mind-blowing. The way they execute it, mind-blowing. The props they use, the sets they use, they, built, they basically built a little city. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, just, it's just fantastic. If you have not seen this movie yet, check it out. I was joking around earlier about the whole squiggly lines, you know, with the subtitles. It is a subtitled Korean movie. Do not let that scare you. This movie has all the love for me. And um, it's, it's just great. So please, you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't check this out. Now, there was a movie that came out. We've talked about it a lot this evening. And Avengers Endgame. We have to, we have to not overlook what this movie has done. Again, I just mentioned it a little while ago. It crossed the two billion mark. 
it knocked Avatar out. It is now the number one most profitable movie in the box office in history. Uh, it starred everyone you love. Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Scarlett Johansson, you go on and on. Mark Ruffalo, you know these people because you've been following them for the last 22 movies. And it just capped everything off, like I said, and made us emotional. People walked out crying, myself included. It was just great. And it, let, you know, and it, and it picked up from where a cliffhanger left off and just freaking killed it. You know what I mean? Just stuck the landing like no other. So Endgame should be my top pick, but I cannot get this movie out of my head. It is a movie that blew my mind like no other, and I feel like every time I watch this movie, I get something else out of it. Uh, again, you should really watch this one with subtitles because you're going to miss a lot if you don't. But two of the best acting performances that I've seen in a very long time we're talking about Willem Dafoe. We're talking about Robert Pattinson. A lot of you people that are stuck on him being the shiny diamond vampire from Twilight, and that's all you want to deal with, fuck off, because you're not giving this man a chance. We have not seen his best work yet, but we definitely have seen his best work to date. And that movie that I'm talking about is The Lighthouse. I know. I'm surprised myself. A lot of people didn't like this one. I I've heard it a lot. They, I don't know if it was just it caused them to think too much or it's just, you know, it, it, not everyone's going to have the same taste. But I cannot get this goddamn movie out of my head from the, the, the score of it. The score is in my head pretty much 24-7. Uh, one of the most quotable things, which I feel like I should have put this in, but one of the, my favorite quotes of the year was, you're fond of me lobster. If you don't know what that means, <laughs> that's a great scene. <laughs> and it has a lot to do with the quotes that you heard earlier tonight. But yes, without a doubt, The Lighthouse is my favorite movie of the year. It just, it's just haunting me, and it's just fantastic. That's a great pick. Uh, my movie of the year, it should be no surprise, ladies and gentlemen, my movie of the year is The Incredible Avengers. I mean, I've, again, I am not going to go in depth. All I'm going to say is this movie made me feel ways that I haven't felt in an action movie before. And it was just fantastic. I had a great time. And so that is my pick for movie of the year. Ladies and gentlemen, are we about to get a cry of the year? I think you might get it from me. Oh, no, that's it. I love these shows. Come to the end of the road. And we belong together. And you know that it's true. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. It was a great show. We love doing this every year. Love it, man. Fantastic every year. We want to thank everybody that came from Christopher Walken to Fibed to Favon, all the people that would to uh, Dan's mom coming through, right? Yes. Love you, mom. She's gone, dude. She, she yeah. bounced out. She left her seats. Jason go. Momoa. Yes. Kenny Reeves, of course. Oh. Adam Sandler. Yes. Benoit Blanc, thank you very much. The band, thank you. Yes, of course, the band, playing better than ever. Round of applause for these guys here. Seriously, they work for peanuts, literally, literally peanuts. I don't know why, I guess peanuts, I enjoy a good peanut, but a not lot. my favorite nut, you know what I'm saying? But 
guys, yes, we're done. Um, thank you very much for joining us on this lovely evening. We're so happy that we could come to you and that we have the means to now fill up this lovely hall. Give yourself a round of applause. Here's the important part. A lot of you have been drinking tonight. Free Uber for everyone that's drunk. Just go to the Uber line. It might take a little while, but don't go out and kill somebody. And that is it for us, guys. So let's wrap it up, Steve. Is there anything you want to say? Any final words for the, the second annual Noisies before we hit the highway? People, we love you so very much. Can't wait to do this all again. Perhaps you might be getting a, a, a special treat. Maybe if we find enough little pieces of blooper in this wonderful show. <laughs> I'm sure we can come up with something. Maybe a little something. Hey, as normal, we love you. Can't wait to see you again. The next voice you're going to be hearing is the man, the myth, the legend, the dude that has been hosting the show so wonderfully, Danathan the Manathan. Thank you, man. You're too kind. Thank you so much for coming out tonight. I've pretty much said everything I say. We think you're wonderful. Thank you for being a part of this family. We can't tell you how much we want to please you this year, man. 2020 is going to be a big year for us. So please stick around and listen to what we have for you. Because I don't even know what it is just yet, but I guarantee you it's going to be kicking ass with that. This is my line. This is where I like, this is where I do my thing. So everyone, be safe tonight. Drive carefully. Love one another. Be good to yourselves. Be good to the people around you. Peace out, ladies and gentlemen. This has been the 2020 Second Annual Noisy Awards. Good night. Take care. Bye-bye.